This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, Sunday fun day. Oh shit, tomorrow's Monday. Plus, for Biz, nothing has changed. Teresa exists, and we talk to Carvel Wallace about parenting and Fred Rogers. Woo! Teresa. Hi. I've missed your woo, even if it was just for one day. Thank you. How are you? I'm okay. I had a rough time of it. You did? Yeah. A a rough go. A rough go of it. A rough go. Real rough go. Real rough go. I was so (laughs) sick. Mm. It was... I was so sick. I was so sick. And then all the kids were sick and Jesse was sick. And then Jesse left to go on tour for 10 days. Ooh. And I just want to yeah. emphasize yeah. that Jesse left like, like 24 yeah. hours after, I after started everybody sick. is yeah. sick. Yeah. yeah. So like, like, yeah, yeah, that's awful. It was really awful. Yeah. But at the same time. To be totally honest, when he was like leaving, like when he was like saying basically that he was still gonna go, like he was looking at flights and could he switch to a later flight and different things. And I couldn't even process any of that. I was just like, well, whatever he does is just whatever he does. And then he decided, I was so sick. Yeah, you you were so sick. Like it was, it was so impossible. It was just impossible. Yeah. It was that thing that you hope never happens, yeah. which is that it's all happening at once and you just feel like you can't move. Yeah. And so he decides to go and it's so hard for me to even mm. wrap my head around that he's going. Yeah. Because the way I'm feeling is there's no way in any universe that I'd be getting on a plane the right. way that I felt. Like yeah. I, there was no, I wouldn't, they probably wouldn't even allow me on a plane. I know. So he puts on a mask, you know, like by then he was done puking or whatever. He puts on a mask and he goes to the airport. And as he's leaving, I just thought to myself, I mean, it sucks that this is happening. It sucks for him. It sucks for me. Yeah. But also, it was like one less person to worry about. True. Do you know what I mean? Like, I not that do. he wasn't, because he was taking care of him. Not like, like, I was I sick know. too. It was every man for himself. Like, we were really, <laughs> really. Right. No, I know. Um, But at the same time, it was just like one less person yeah. to whatever. Like, right. it really was. Yeah. And so he left. And then, like, a week later, we were still kind of recovering. Yeah. Like, we were. Just very, we were all very weak. We had no appetite. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, I don't know. I'm definitely still recovering. Like Mm. it's, it really hit me hard. And I'm really glad that it, things didn't go worse. Like we got through, you know, we got through it. We survived and everything. But I definitely feel, I was saying to Biz before we went on the air, my body feels okay. I feel healthy. But I just feel like I'm like if you imagine that my ability to manage my life and cope (laughs) with things in my life is like a horizontal line that's like going going on the same plane at the level of like my nose that like now after having been through the past two weeks, 
I'm just like an inch lower. Like my line, my coping. Wow. Only my, an inch? Yeah. Like I'm I'm okay. Yeah. I'm functioning. But just I'm just not No. And it's just gonna be this way for yeah. a while. And Biz said, Yeah, maybe till spring. And I, I think said, spring. Yeah. <laughs> it might it might take yeah. that long because there's no recovery. There's time. no recovery. And there what that was part of why that week was so hard. Yeah. It was like even as I could feel my body healing itself there was no rest time no there were no there was no resting you're not laying on the couch getting to recover with popsicles and watching i was getting i wasn't even getting a full night's sleep no like it wasn't everybody yeah yeah, Yeah. no i am i am so i was i was saying to you that i think everybody getting the stomach flu and then my partner leaving yeah Right as it started, yeah. yeah, for a long time. That's like yeah. in my top ten. I really don't yeah. want to ever yeah. deal with. Please this don't ever let this as happen. a parent. Yeah, yeah. please don't ever yeah. let this happen. Yeah, I mean it's below a lot of bad things, <laughs> but it's still in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. I am really sorry, and uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think just I'll say one more thing on yeah. it, and I'll ask you how you are. <laughs> Um, but like part of what was hard about it, especially that first day when we were all so sick, even when he was home, was like I didn't have anyone to call yeah. that it would be okay to call. Like, and I'm, I'm not saying that like I don't have friends. Like, of course, if there was like a life or death sure. emergency, I would have called you. Yes, or like sure. there's other friends who I could have called. But like everyone has kids, like everyone, and I would never, I would never bring, like I would never ask somebody (laughs) to come unless it really was a life or death thing. And so there was, I don't have anyone who doesn't have kids. And then my family is not nearby. Like I was like, my, I know that my mom would come and help. Like she would just deal with it and she would get sick. Like she's done that before, but like, she's not nearby. Like she's not nearby. She's just not, you know? And like, there was something really there was something kind of like scary about that because yeah. I was just like, there's not like there isn't anyone to call. Do you know what I mean? No, and it made I, me, I like, know. It made me feel bad that like our lives are set up this way. Kind well, of, I know? would have been happy to throw Gatorade and, and popsicles over the that. fence. But sure, that, that's but not no, what I, I mean. It. I know, you know what, what you mean. mean? Like, I, it's not like it. Once it's like was I where neighbors to, like, come help and... Curtis like yeah. go to the potty yeah. and like get in lift Ugh. him into his crib you know just like stu- you know yeah. like just stuff. I'm really sorry I know thanks sucked. it sucked yeah how are you I'm all right I had this realization over the weekend it's been a growing realization that when it comes to my children needing my attention and time and not feeling like I have any time to myself that it hasn't changed. That like even, you know, like when you've got infants and you're like, I, I my whole everything is for this infant, right? Yeah. And then like toddler, it's, you know, banging on the bathroom door, if you can even close the bathroom door, yeah. coming into the showers, you know, all that. Yeah. And there's this like saying or assumption that people toss about, and I have clung to, like a life preserver that's like, well, when they get older, that's going to change. Yeah. And it really hasn't. Yeah. I I, I, it is a false truth. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel it needs to be added to the list yeah. of false truth. Like, I can't think of 
like more than five minutes yesterday that I wasn't being interrupted for yeah. something. And at one point, I was just in the bathroom trying to clean my face. Yeah. And I was like, it was going to be a little treat for myself. I'm going to get everything all ready for what bed. What a treat. What a fucking what treat. a treat. <laughs> Before I have to go in and do Ellis's like five hour put down routine. Right. Uh, and I was like, oh, just, you know, my lotion and wash. And like, <laughs> I'm like, knock, knock, knock. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mama, can I come in? No. Yeah. No, you, you can't yeah. come in. I have a question. And I broke and was yeah. like, I just 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. She's like, okay, I'll mm-hmm. wait. I was like, okay. And then yeah. like later I was like, what was your question? Yeah. And it was something yeah. Yeah. meaningless. Completely. Can I read this book yes. that you've told me a million times I'm yeah. not allowed to read? Yeah. And I just, I'm like, fucking read it yeah. when we're not home. Yeah. That's how you do stuff, kid. Yeah. We tell you not to do it. Do it yeah. when we're away. Yeah. That is what kids do. Yeah. Right? And I just was like, I am so tired of the myths that are out Me there yeah. about it's going to get better. I know yeah. it's so lucky. And isn't yeah. this great? You're going to miss that they gonna always want to be gonna with be you. Fast. They won't want to be with you anymore. And yeah. there, are, there yeah. are truths to that. Yeah. However, yeah. fuck it. Yeah. I am done with that myth. Yeah. Just like I am done with the myth we're going to talk about today, which is Sundays. (laughs) Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. I'm going to throw out a little quote about Sundays. Great. A Sunday well spent brings a week of content. How does that feel? (laughs) We have spent time on the show talking about Mondays Mm -hmm. because I remember lots of, it's Monday, go fuck yourself, (laughs) t-shirts. Stuff and I keep like coming up it's with Monday. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> we keep coming up with like awful t-shirts. Yes. And you're like, I don't like Mondays yeah. because that's the day my husband left me. <laughs> I don't like Mondays because I lost my job on it. But like, like <laughs> just like horrible reasons to hate Mondays. Anyway, also, where's my coffee? Yeah. Uh, I know we've talked about Fridays. Those are not the same. Yeah, and and I think it would be fair to say. Mondays have changed because now it tends to be a day that you're just not with your children, possibly. Right. Like they go to school yeah. or camp or yes. you go to work, whatever. Yes. So Monday is different than when we didn't have kids and it was like, oh, I got to go to work. Right. Fridays used to be party hardy. Yeah. It's Friday, TGIF. Yeah. And now it's like, ah, TGI, fuck me. Mm-hmm. I've and got everyone's like so tired, tired but like, and like have high expectations totally. of the weekend. Yes. And I'm like, it's just going to be the same as it yeah. was last weekend. Sundays. Let's explore it. I want to start with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just pictured us in Explorer costumes. <laughs> What if? Exploring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sundays. Let's put on our little explorer caps. 
Teresa. And can I use one of those flashlight pens? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I'll have a compass to Great. navigate. Great. Do we have plenty of water? Check your bags. Plenty of water and waterproof matches. Power bars. Let's go explore. Good, good shoe wear. Yeah. Okay. Always. Let's go explore Sundays. <laughs> I want us to <laughs> get in the Jeep. Get in the Jeep. Toot, toot. Buckle up. <laughs> Don't pet any wild animals on the way out to Sunday. <laughs> okay. That's just, that's the end of the discussion. Yes. All right. When you think of Sunday, what are things you think of? You mean like, like what it should no, no. for me and Just my life? in general, what are Sundays? like church. Okay. To me, I think of Sunday, I think of church. Mm-hmm. I think of... The newspaper. Not because you go to church. Just no, just but well, I did when I was day. a kid. So Me like, too. what is ch- what is Sunday? What does church mean to you? Okay, what is Sunday? Just throughout your life. Well, Sunday is usually once we stopped going to church. Sunday <laughs> is a good day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a chill day. <laughs> sorry, sorry, religious listeners. <laughs> I don't mean. I just. I meant no, like I as know. a kid. As a kid, you were. I like, sometimes now wish we went to church. Yeah. But like, I mean, a different kind of church. But still. <laughs> but no, as a no. kid, I didn't really want to go to church, especially because for a lot of that time, we went to church at my school. So it was just like That's another your another day, day where to be I had to the, go to school. That's you no know? good. Yeah. Yeah, I think again of the newspaper because like that was a, my parents always got the Sunday yeah. New York Times. Yeah. And that was like thing mm, yeah some people i think like it's considered a day of rest it's a day of rest that's yeah. a big yeah. slogan for sundays yeah. day of rest yeah it is the day that the lord has made for resting right and and it, making lunches for and, the week ahead yeah. <laughs> that's right or cooking a gigantic fucking sunday <laughs> meal yeah just being in the kitchen all day. Yeah. Just three meals you got to make sure happen. Yeah. But also, it can be melancholy. Like yes. some people, like that for... It's like a recovery day. Yeah, like of, a... From, right? Yeah. And then Sunday driver. That's an expression out there. Don't be a Sunday driver. A Sunday driver would mean that you are really slow. Yeah. Driver, yeah. so like Sundays are like these long, yeah. slow is yeah, another yeah, way to yeah. think of it. And then stores... Used to not be open right. when I was a kid right. on Sundays. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So uh, in the olden days, mm-hmm. in the 1900s, mm-hmm. <laughs> stores wouldn't be open <laughs> on Sundays. With all that said, pre-kids, what like what was Sunday for you pre-kids? Like for me, it was... There was some bummerness to it. Like, I was bummed mm. because I was going to have to go to work, right? Monday yeah, was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do Mondays. Yeah. It was a lot of laying around, a lot of order marathons. Laying around. Takeout, yeah. you know, yeah. like just being a relaxed person. Yeah. Was it similar for you? Yeah, except that I didn't. I was a runner, so oh, I would, so you would get up and do. I would go. I would exercise. I would go for a hike, maybe or yeah, something. I would yeah, and then I would. I think I would do like some weekends. I would do like chores around yeah, the house sure. and like you know yeah that kind of stuff. Would you say that in theory, <laughs> it's like a quiet day. It's a quiet yeah. day that is a lot of self care things happening yes. in it. You whether time, you notice it or not, right. it's like it's sort of like important 
to yeah. the flow of the week, right? A that, Sunday well yeah. spent brings a week that's of a, content. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. So is Sunday still like that for you? I mean, wow. Yeah. I think in a way it is still, I, I'm still experiencing some things on Sunday that are a natural <laughs> part of my emotional cycle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is that melancholy, except yeah. now because there's kids there and I don't get any time to myself on Sunday. Yeah. I become depressed. Yeah. I really do. No, like, I, I see it. I've really realized this. Like, if, like, me needing to have that quiet, even, like, that kind of melancholy that's just, yeah. like, I'm just going to curl up and be quiet for yeah. a while. When I feel that I need that, subconsciously or consciously, and I don't get that, and there's kids there, I quickly become depressed. Yeah. Like, I start really questioning my life choices. <laughs> and, like, really, fe- no, honestly. I like, believe this. Really I am giggling feeling- out of honest yes, yes. agreement. Yes. Like, and I I get, like, really hopeless. Like, I'll never, mm-hmm. nothing will ever be okay. Mm. And then it's so funny because last night, (laughs) so you were texting me about a topic for today. And I was like, I, how about like just hating everything? Like how about just fucking everything fucking sucks forever? Yeah. And then literally my kids went to bed and I went out into the kitchen to like do some cleanup. Yeah. And like Jesse was out at Jordan Jesse Go and I just like... Had I knew that I had like two hours to yeah. myself to like do some things I needed to do and then read in bed, and I was a totally different person. Oh. I was all better. I all was better. great. I yeah. was great. I was like, huh. and then I went, oh yeah, that's right. I just needed a little bit of time to myself. Two hours. That's what you get. <laughs> but that's all yeah. I needed. That's, that's amazing. all I needed. Yeah. I felt so much better, and it was like it's just. It's so hard to not have that introspection time. We've talked about that before, how, like, we love our kids the most when they're at school or they're asleep. And part of that is that, like, it's really hard sometimes to be in the present moment. Yeah. And constantly feel that something's being asked of you, even if it's just somebody wanting to talk to you. Yeah. It's totally innocent. It's nobody's fault. No. But it's just, it's a marathon. It is. Weekends are marathons. They are. And it's, you know, it ties to the guilt of, I should be loving every minute of this. And, you know, like, yeah, yay, yay. I, you know, I do. I Obviously, we love our children, but it is... It's like two concentrated days of being come at the entire time. So for me, like, I am so tired by Sunday night. Yeah. I just like, and if it's a three-day weekend, fuck me. You know, like, it's, my patience is a lot less. I'm not feeling you know, like you say, recovered or self-cared or having a moment. And in that world of, you know, false truths about parenting, they say, as kids get older, you'll get some of that time back because, you know, they'll be reading on their own, playing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure. Katie Bell will read and listen to podcasts or whatever. And that's great. And Ellis sometimes goes off on a tear of Legos and is fine. Yeah. 
rarely is that simultaneously. Yeah. And also, the moment that they're done, if I've settled in to do something, they are done, and then they come up. Yeah. They would be furious if I interrupted their time, (laughs) and yet they interrupt mine, and there's such a part of me that wants to, like, teen out and be like, don't you understand? You're doing it to me. Right? Like. And and then you start to speaking of the like my life choices. Yeah. Weekends, especially Sundays, feel like, have I given my children too much of my yeah. time? Yeah. Like this doesn't feel good to me yeah. anymore, the way I'm spending it. Yeah. And I want it to be like, we're going to the park and flying kites and we're having picnics and we're yeah. like doing all these wonderful Sunday things. Yeah. And it's not like that. No. So that's also disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing about, like, what you were saying with Katie Bell and Ellis sometimes getting involved in their own things is, like, I agree that also is true, but it's, like, that thing that you know will happen, you don't know when that's going to happen. And it's just really, like, when they're there, they're just there. And it's, like, it's, it's sort of healthier that to like even when they are doing, even when they are involved in something, to not. Try to use that time for yourself because yeah. it's, it could, it's the understanding that it's going to get ripped away from it's you. It's going to get ripped away. At any time. And that is such a, like, un, yeah. like uncomfortable. You're right. You don't get to enjoy that time it's even like if you're the, using it for yourself. You know what I'm it's saying? It's like, like the fucking baby naps. Yeah, it's like the you baby know, naps. Like, it's like just the 20 minute baby naps. A repeated, yeah. like, lesson just being that on you're edge. being taught yeah. by the universe. Yeah. That the moment you think you yes. you should use this time, it's like it's. I'm not going to kick that fucking football, yeah. Lucy. Not yeah. going to do it, no matter how much you try and convince me. Yeah. That you're going to hold it. Yeah. And yeah, so Sundays, <laughs> super great, super great. <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by iTrace, the iOS app that teaches kids handwriting. So with iTrace, kids learn how to trace letters, numbers, and words. The app uses the same font styles that schools teach to give your kids extra practice at home. And iTrace never shows ads or collects any personal information. I have been using this perfectly with Oscar right now because he's really just learning to write his letters and that's exactly what he's working on in kindergarten so the timing is like perfect it's a really nice app it plays this like really chill music in the background and it's just very straightforward pretty easy to use and he loves it he thinks it's like a super fun game (laughs) but it's really fun Parents and teachers love iTrace, too. There are hundreds of positive reviews in the App Store. Download iTrace now to start learning. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. 
Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius. Okay. So, I really wanted to volunteer at Oscar's school. And I needed to fill out paperwork. Mm -hmm. I needed to get the live scan fingerprinting. Mm -hmm. And then I needed to do the TB test assessment thingy. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me a really long time to get it done, but I've done it intermittently in moment, like worked my way through it intermittently. The last thing on the list was a TB test, and I had made... The wrong kind of appointment, I guess, because I made a TB test appointment, but then in looking at the paperwork, I didn't actually need to get a TB test. Mm-hmm. I just needed to have the assessment yeah. given to me. And when I went in, well, first of all, when I went in, they were so backed up yeah. because it was Veterans Day that it was going to, we were going to, I had Grace with me and she had an appointment across town afterwards and we were going to miss her appointment. So we had to leave after going. Right. So then I had to go back a second time and my appointment was wrong because they wanted, the, it needed to be t- somebody who counts as a healthcare provider, which is not the person who was going to give me the test. Right. What? So, and they said, well, everyone's in a meeting right now. So you, you we just can't. You're going to have to come back another time. And I almost started crying. Sure. And I was a little bit grumpy. And then I felt really bad. So I apologized for being grumpy. And I said, it's just everything else going on in my life. It's not you. <laughs> this is just too much. Yeah. And I was literally, I mean, I was, I was breaking, breaking slash broken. This was all while Jesse was gone. Yeah. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And she's so sweet about it. And so we <laughs> make the, the other appointment. And I went and I did the thing and they were very nice. And so that had been like the third time that I had gone back. <laughs> and so I finished all this stuff and I turned it in. And this is my genius moment because there was a point in the process where I thought to myself, I may never be able to yep. complete this one simple thing that the school has asked of me that I want to do. Yeah. I actually really want to do this. Yes. <laughs> but it started to feel like an a mountain that I would never yeah. overcome. Yeah. So it's my genius moment because I did it. And now I can volunteer in Oscar's classroom for this special soup thing they're doing on Friday. <laughs> good job. Thanks. That is a really good job. Thank you. It is definitely an easy thing to just say no, especially after the first time it's canceled. Yeah. So good job. Thanks, Biz. Friday, last Friday... I was at the school for the, you know, a thing with Katie Bell in the morning. And then there's always like this, like all school, everybody gets together and shares things like an hour after that. So like my Friday mornings are pretty shot. I knew Friday was going to be shot. I also try and visit with my very good friend. And right now our schedule is that we only can do stuff on Friday. So we were just going to have coffee at my house and that was going to be it. I was in the car between the first thing I did with Katie Bell and then the 11 o'clock thing I had to do at the school. (laughs) So I was in the car, scrolling, looking at stuff on my phone. And I take a look at the what's happening around Pasadena for the weekend. And there's a little craft festival that's happening at the convention center starting that day. 
starting mm. Friday, it was open, and it wouldn't be crowded because it's not the weekend. Right. So I text my friend, do you want to just blow the coffee and instead go to a craft con? And she was like, what? Okay. She likes to be pulled along a little bit. Yeah. And she said, okay. And we first had lunch. Wow. Like, we sat. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going home for the yeah. day. Yeah. I knew. So you knew, needed to eat. I knew, I just yeah. knew that, like, if we went through yeah. with this... I'd be doing it right up until pickup. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, my whole day, right? Yeah. It felt like skipping school. Yeah. We had a big lunch and a little glass of wine with it. Oh and God. then we went over to the craft thing Amazing. and roamed around. And then we still got coffee after that. And it was, like, it was like, I felt like I was yeah. playing hooky totally. on being a, a mom. Yes. That's exactly what That's it felt like. amazing. Yeah. That's I was so great. Hyped. Good job. <laughs> I'm calling with a genius. I felt like we, you know, we're having a lot of screen time and a lot of Peppa Pig. And I felt like I wasn't doing a very good job. And then I realized if I made it, if I turned the language to French, all of a sudden it was educational and the taller wouldn't know any different. So now we watch Peppa Pig, but in French. So I feel like I'm being a good parent. She's still distracted so I can get my stuff done. And it's great. So it's it, it took away like the, the screen time guilt for just a little bit. So I'm feeling great. Uh, you're doing a good job. Thanks so much, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's great. It's French. <laughs> it's French. That I I love this. I just think, sure, switch the language. You should switch it over to like Mandarin after that. Yeah. Maybe I mean you could just convince yourself that your children are learning all kinds of languages. We had accidentally yeah. downloaded Toy Story 2 in Spanish. Yeah. And my kids really liked it. So we just, I don't know why we don't do that more. Yeah, they I don't either, actually. It. They, just, they just only watch Toy Story 2 in Spanish. I think you are an educational genius. Yeah, you are. Very good job. I would send my child to your French screen <laughs> preschool. <laughs> My child goes to a French screen preschool. Yeah. You want to put him in a dual immersion class? Does anybody speaking that language at home? Peppa. Yeah. (laughs) Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay. My phone has like that that flashlight button and it's just too easy for me to turn on I don't know why but it's too easy for me to turn on I'm always accidentally turning it on the other morning Oscar was asleep in my bed which you know he is a lot of the time in the morning and I had to get up because Curtis was calling for me so I went to get up and I got my phone off the bedside table and it's pitch black in my room and I accidentally pressed the flashlight button but my the flashlight was facing me so it blasted me like right in the face it was so (laughs) unpleasant and then what's worse is it was so bright that it actually woke up Oscar like I guess he was like you know shifting or whatever and it woke him up and he was pissed off because it was too bright for him yeah fuck you mom I was so mad oh yeah Oh, so sorry. Thank you. You're doing a horrible job I know. in your own room. I know. <laughs> One thing that I do for myself that is a little treat 
is that I get this ice cream that is vanilla caramel, salted caramel, and it also has tiny chocolate-covered salted caramel chips, like little candies in it. Sounds great. It's fucking delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, it's mine, and no yeah. one eats it. Yeah. And the other night, I had some and was feeling very good because I still had half a tub left. And the next morning, I got up, and we were getting breakfast ready, and I opened the fridge to get stuff for school fucking lunches, and there in the refrigerator is my ice cream. It's not in the freezer. It's in the refrigerator. Yeah. And now— That's not where it goes. It's not where it goes. Ice cream shouldn't be in the refrigerator. It doesn't go there. And it was ruined. Oh, and Aww. I wasn't like going for a separate trip to the fucking grocery store no. just to get the ice cream, no. right? You gotta get it when you do the whole trip. Yeah. Like, and I just it's was like pricey too. It, it is, like even though it's one. the store brand, which is fucking oh, pretty great. That's cool. It yeah. is the store brand. Yeah. There private are some good selection. Ones. I love private I love selection. Private, I also get the private selection <laughs> deli meats. They are also lovely. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's still, it's still like. Four or five bucks because it's a big tub. Yeah. And it's got salted caramel in it that I did not get to enjoy. Yeah. And again, it's one of those you just like open the fridge and you see the mistake you've made or the pantry or the closet or whatever. And you just want to close it and say, nope. (laughs) And there you go. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Hi, one bad mother. So I have a double fail from last week, but I have to get it off my chest, so I figured I'd call anyway. So Wednesday night, my six-and-a-half-year-old was having a horrible night, which included throwing bread on the floor because I didn't have the right kind of bread for dinner. And I was so patient and so present, and the next morning, this sort of behavior continued, And I lost it. I just, we were in a rush to get to school, and I couldn't take it anymore, and I lost my temper several times. Then, on the way home after I dropped her off, I decided I was going to get myself a coffee as a treat to get me through the day when I work with preschoolers from my home-based preschool. So... I was ordering from the barista, and I let it slip that my child had been an asshole that morning when she asked me how it was. And I felt so bad after she gave me a look that was just horrible and said, oh, haha, that's funny. And afterwards, I just couldn't believe I had called my child that, especially to a, like, 12-year-old-seeming barista. The double fail was that I realized Friday after I'd sent her to school that she had been getting sick, and that was probably why she had felt so awful Wednesday and Thursday, and I still continued to not realize it until Friday afternoon when she got home from school and was coughing and sniffing and lethargic all weekend. So not only did I call my child an asshole, to the barista, but I sent her to school sick, and uh, yeah, big fail. So thanks for your show. I just started listening to it, and I listen to it all the time now, 
whenever I'm in the car alone, especially. And, um, yeah, that's my fail. You guys are doing a great job, and I suppose much of the time I am too, but not those two times. Thanks. Bye. Oof. Yeah. Oof. We've been there. Been that. There are so many times that things come out of my mouth to strangers. Oh, yeah. About my children. Yeah. And I can't believe I've said it. I can't believe I've said it or I've given a look or I've done whatever. And they don't approve. Yeah. And I, and you go, why did I just, like, the the rest of the day you're walking around going, why did I say that? I know. I could have just kept my mouth shut. Right. And then you feel awful about that. Right. Uh, We've all been there with the sick. Yeah. 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 Sure. You don't, it's, it's messed up that the first thing that shows up is behavior. It's really unfair (laughs) to parents. It is so unfair. Because it catches us totally off guard. Right up. And we're not thinking about sick. No, if it we're came not. on the end of the sick, we'd be all, oh, oh they're not feeling baby. well. Yeah. You're recovering. Yeah. We've You're all done your that. recovery yes. grumps. Yes. <laughs> and it does really suck. You yeah. feel bad. Yeah. I'm I'm really sorry. Yeah, me too. Thank you for calling and letting us know yeah. what a horrible job you're doing. Yeah. And I'm, how much you suck. You suck. You you really do. <laughs> I recommend getting at least four more coffee treats for yourself yeah. and being incredibly awkward with all baristas that you uh, yeah. encounter, yeah. telling them all kind of weird stuff to make up for the one that you regret. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I One Bad Mother is supported in part by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. I enjoyed cooking this. (laughs) It was great. And the selection was so good, too, which is what I really liked. And there was like something for everyone from family recipes to calorie smart recipes and vegetarian and fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers. I had one of their burgers and it was freaking delicious. And I really appreciated the packaging. It was incredibly minimal, which I really liked. Get nine free meals with HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh.com slash BadMother9 and using the code BadMother9. That's HelloFresh.com slash BadMother9 and code BadMother9 for nine free meals. Hi, One Bad Mother listeners. We're about to have an absolutely amazing conversation with Carvel Wallace. But we wanted to let you know that towards the end of the interview, there is a brief mention of postpartum depression and suicidal thoughts. Hey, Teresa, let's call someone today. Teresa. This week, we are calling Carvel Wallace, who is a podcaster, editor, and New York Times bestselling author. He is the former parenting advice columnist for Slate 
and former host of Slate's Parenting Advice podcast, Mom and Dad Are Fighting, as well as a regular contributor to the New York Times Magazine. His book, The Sixth Man, co-written with Golden State Warrior Andre Iguodala, spent 14 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. He is the father of two teenagers, teens, was a stay-at-home dad for seven years before becoming a writer, spent 15 years working with at-risk, incarcerated, and foster youth. His new podcast is called Finding Fred about Fred Rogers. Welcome, Carvel. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I am very happy to have you here. I'm going to try not to derail to only talk about teens because I love teens. Yeah, uh, there's mainly, a lot to talk about. With yeah, you. mainly because I don't have teens yet. I've got like real <laughs> close to teens, but they're not teens. But if somebody doesn't slam a door in my face yeah. in the next five years, parenting <laughs> will have been for naught. <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, tell us who lives in your house. So... Uh, it's interesting because right now, neither one of my kids live in my house. Uh, and we talked about this a lot on the show because the Bay Area housing situation is so insane Oof. that both their mom and I lost our respective three-bedroom houses. We separated in 2010 and stayed co-parenting. We were 50-50 co-parenting. And then both of us, within a year, lost our our own three-bedroom houses due to various gentrification-type forces, raised yeah. rent and so forth. And I then um, moved basically into a one-bedroom, and then she moved in with the person she was seeing who had a rent-controlled three-bedroom just by sheer luck. Wow. And so the kids spend their time. They have bedrooms over there, so that's where they live. Now, the good news is that's like a, about a five-minute drive from where I am. Um, and so it's not that far. And I take the kids to school every morning, pick them up from school some nights and spend certain days with them. So we, it's like I'm parenting in a lot of ways. It's so different than what it was a few years ago. Yeah. And it's been really, it's been really complicated. And I've had to learn a lot about how to parent under these different circumstances. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, like, you know, you were a stay at home parent. For yeah. a long time with them. And yeah. Yeah. that's a, you know, there's already a shift, of course, when it comes to when parents separate. And it's amazing the 50-50 divvying up of raising the kids. But that sounds like what you're doing now. That What is that like? I mean, do you want to talk about it? Because that sounds yeah, no, crazy. I <laughs> no, I do. It's really fascinating. I mean, it's it. I feel like it's dovetailed with another thing. Thing that happens when the kids grow older, mm. which is that, you know, I've said before in the parenting column that like adolescence is a sort of nine, seven to nine year period in which you're slowly handing over the controls of their life to them. That's depressing. And, stop. Let's just stop. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. And, Never we don't mind. want to talk about this. We no, don't want to. Exactly. Just kidding. No, no. <laughs> and like, it's, and like over the course of that time, it's very awkward because there's a lot of push pull. Like mm -hmm. you think you should control stuff that they want to control. They think you should control stuff that you think they should control. And so <laughs> a lot of the suffering through adolescence comes through the awkwardness of that handoff. And in the situation that we're in, I feel like this dynamic sort of doubles the intensity of that handoff for me because there are certain ways in which my parenting can no longer be managerial and logistical and forceful in the way that it might be or the way that it was when they were living in my house. Right. Because it's just not, it, it just creates more problems and doesn't go smoothly. So I've had to rethink my role as a father in a lot of ways based on this, like, 
you know, this kind of like economically enforced living situation that we find ourselves in. Do you have a good therapist? <laughs> I do. I have a good. great therapist. Actually. That's like, this is something we talk about a lot. I bet. Because that's like a huge shift. I mean, we we talk and on the show, and I know you guys have talked about it as well, like the, the shift from like pre-kid life to suddenly there are kids in your house and you know, identity and things you weren't prepared for and why wasn't there a book about this? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, like honestly yeah. about what we go through as, you know, parents. And that's a hell of a shift that you are currently going through. I'm so... Yeah, it is. Yeah. And like, even when we went to 50-50 parenting, that felt like a ginormous yeah. shift for me because I was used to just being there all the time and then to suddenly not see them for like a week um because we did week on week off eventually we landed on that schedule that was so disorienting and oh, yeah their mom and i would always talk about how weird we felt the week that the kids weren't with us we would just be like standing in the aisle of the grocery store like being like how do i yeah. shop what do i yeah. you know it's like <laughs> mystified <laughs> it's like it's like your kids going off to college but every other week <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah. that's <laughs> insane all right well you're doing a really good job that's super impressive <laughs> That's got to be, I'm just going to stop right there and say, uh, good job. Um, yeah, sure. The Let's talk about, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm just going to go right into the your work as an advice columnist for parenting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you are clearly in a situation that one might scream for advice for. <laughs> right. Tell and me also, right. I feel like yeah. that's one of the situations where somebody might give you advice yeah. about it that <laughs> might be unwelcome. Yeah. You know, we, like... We talk a lot about advice on this show and that, in fact, when we encourage our listeners on the, like, Facebook groups and stuff to start before they post whatever they're going to post, they got to hashtag it, you know, it's just a rant, just don't. Right. I don't need anything. Or I don't right. want. I don't want anything. Do not not just don't. Need, don't give me anything. <laughs> just say smiley face hashtag. You know, heart hearts. I don't know how yeah. to use the internet yeah. or advice. Right. So that. <laughs> so I guess as an advice columnist, people are quite literally asking it. Right. You're not like right. advice right. columnists don't wander down the street and butt in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, tell me a little bit about what that's like, especially as a parent yourself, when, oh, my God, under the best of circumstances, we sometimes can't keep ourselves from wanting to help. So what was that line yeah. for you like? I mean, I think that I think that like there's a couple of things. One is that <laughs> you <laughs> half the time you say advice, you say the advice that you need to hear. Yeah. Right. You become your own advice columnist. Like you're mm. you're saying the stuff that you need to be reminded of. And like mm. with parenting, there's a big difference. I mean, this is probably true with all things, but it's a big difference between knowing something intellectually and actually living it and embodying it. And <laughs> my experience has been that we like we need reminders of the important things all the time. Like mm. knowing it once isn't enough, because if it was then we could just tell our kids stuff and then they would do it for the rest of their lives. But oh, that'd that's be great. how it works. And so <laughs> a lot of times I felt like when I gave advice, I was trying to come from A, trying to say what I would need to hear, and B, another thing is I think that parenting is so messy. Mm. And even the quote-unquote best parent, it's always messy. And we don't get a lot of that from the Internet because – 
Mm-mm. social media, Instagram or whatever is designed for us to only post the good stuff. We don't post the messy stuff. So I think that can create a false, false impression that everyone else is just having a great time. Like we had a wonderful day. All the kids were at the beach. We ate this wonderful food. We played soccer. It was a wonderful day. And that's what you post. And so when you're seeing all your friends do that, you think, well, why were my kids like melting down in the car and having like a 20 minute tantrum over like an orange cup versus a blue cup? I must be doing it wrong. But like, (laughs) so I think as an advice columnist, I tried to, as much as we could, all of us tried to be really honest about how messy and difficult things are for us. Then you're coming from a place of like, I'm just trying to share what I know and have experience, not like I'm an expert and I'm going to tell you the right way to do things. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that always feels tricky. I I think for, you know, anybody, especially in a field that involves parenting on any level, you know, that like, yeah. oh my God, you're probably making the right choice. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, you probably are. It's just you're panicked. So I guess actually, we have a hotline here, and people mm. can call and leave genius moments where you know that no one cares about. Mm-hmm. Hey, my kid mm. slept for an hour. I can't share mm-hmm. that with anybody. Yeah. Fails and then rants, and yeah. you know there are definitely common themes that come mm. through. So during your time as an advice columnist and on mom and dad are fighting, is there something that you think people just in general seems to be like a number one, ah, what am I doing? I need advice. Yeah. I mean, we got a, there was a lot of stuff about media and keeping your kids safe from just the world. Like (laughs) the belief, like the feeling is that the world is bad and things and it's, it's all, and none of it's kid friendly. And so there was all this advice about how to manage and control what your kids see and are exposed to. Another major thing, which I think is kind of a variation on that, is like this other family member isn't parenting or isn't treating my kid or acting the way that I think Mm. they should or the specific way I would. And people needing help parsing out the difference between like, okay, this is my preference, but they're not doing it, or the difference between that and this other person is like damaging or harming my kid in this way. And I think that that was the stickiest stuff. Yeah. We had a lot of parents who were parents of young kids who were mad about their parents, not parenting their kids, grandparenting their kids in the way that they had described (laughs) that they had wanted, you know, like grandma gave my kid a cookie and I said, no cookies. And she's always controlling my life, you know? And like, there was a lot of that. And I really, I super remember that from being from having little kids like we thought that we had figured out somehow you know nine months into having our first baby (laughs) we somehow understood parenting better than everyone else we had read all the what we figured everything out and everyone else was doing it wrong yeah and so we had to we had to educate i remember this like debate with my ex-wife's grandmother about whether or not to give the kid ice cream at some point i think he was maybe I don't know, maybe like 18 months or something. <laughs> and she wanted to give him ice cream. And we were just flat, were just horrified. No, this, this is horrible. How could you do this? Don't you understand? The sugar and everything in the environment. You know, it's just like whatever. And the environment. Her, she just kind of cocked her head to the side and just said, you kids are so funny. And that was all she said. Because she's from a generation where people don't drag each other, you know. Yeah. And I And I always think about that moment because... You know, it must have been so annoying for her. This woman has raised like five kids and then ex- unknown grandkids. And here we are trying to tell her what to do. 
I think we got a lot of that. And I think parents needed a lot of help sorting out what is a fair thing to ask another person not to do with your kid. And when should you just <laughs> shut up and take the help and just be grateful that someone is loving your kid, you know, <laughs> even if they're not doing it the way you want. Even if it's only with cookies and screen time. <laughs> even if it's only with cookies and screen time, exactly. <laughs> well, I, that's... That actually ties in really nicely to one of the things you were just saying was, you know, how scared we are of the world is is definitely a motto of many. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and to each generation, we get to yell, ours is the worst and the scariest. And each generation has rightful claims to that. You've started this new podcast, and it's called Finding Fred, and it's about Fred yeah. Rogers. And in the very beginning of the series, you present listeners with the question of how do we explain the state of our world to our children? Because definitely there are, as you say, no words sometimes to that are good enough to explain it. And Fred Rogers was, you know, good Lord, every time there's a tragedy, I see the meme go around of Fred Rogers telling children to look for the helpers, right? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm bawling. But he did so much more than that as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was it the state of the world we are in right now that led you to this podcast, to wanting to do this? Or was it Fred Rogers sort of leading you to wanting to address these tough issues because he was so good at that? Well, I think it was a little bit of both. I mean, I felt like he probably had an answer to a question that we really need an answer to right now, which is how to be a good person in a world where people are doing bad things. Yeah. And I think that's a parenting question. And it's also a person question because, you know, the whole thing is like, you can only really, I mean, the, you can tell your kids a bunch of stuff, but like the most 90% of what your kids learn, they learn from just the way that you are. And so your main parenting job is to figure out how to be a good person and how to deal with whatever stands in the way of you being a good person. And my sense was that a lot of what stands in the way of people, of us being good now or being better maybe than we are is fear. Yeah. There's this weird contagious nature where like, if people are, if, if everyone else is being terrible, then we have to be terrible too. And if someone is being like crazy or violent or aggressive, then we have to, we can't just be nice. We have to also, you know, fight fire with fire kind of vibe. And I think that's a really, that's a seductive way of thinking. And I think that it makes sense it, to a certain extent. And yet I think Fred Rogers had a very specific way of countering that. He had kind of a mastery of the technology of using goodness to combat badness. And I thought it would be really good to just explore and kind of break down the game tape of how he did that. And maybe that could inspire some other people to, to, to be more like that. I mean, that's kind of, that's sort of the way I was thinking about it. So yes, that's driven by the moment we live in, in which I don't think it's a necessarily a worse moment than other moments, sure. but I do think that there's a feeling or fear that it is. And I think that's making people kind of freak out a little bit. A um, little? <laughs> I mean, like... Tiny it, little bit. Uh, a little bit of freaking out going on. There, there's quite a bit of freaking out. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just, every day I'm like, nope, just 
how much do I need to take in today? How do I parse this? Yeah. How do I, you know, stay positive in the world while, you know, feeling inundated without also wanting to be blind to it? It's a lot. And yeah, I, I guess it's a lot. What have you explored so far on the podcast? What kind of questions yeah. are you trying to answer? And I am not going to just jump to the first one. You, <laughs> I want you to take yeah, us through right. it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we're trying to, I mean, I think we've, it's been a very exploratory method. Like we had these initial questions. How do you be good in the world where people are bad? This guy seemed to have an answer. What was his answer? What does that apply? And then we just went out and interviewed a bunch of people. And I think each interview that we did, you know, led us in a new direction. And one of the things I'm really thinking about this week is the way in which his message has been misunderstood and co-opted mm. and, I think you, you, you even mentioned that, that thing about looking for the helpers and, yeah, you know, that's something that we really struggle with. Yeah. Uh, and even, I think just last week or last night, Jake Tapper on CNN did some kind of like end of show, um, you know, essay about <laughs> how Fred Rogers told us to be kind to our neighbors. Uh, and so we need to be more civil. And I think that there's a, there's a great temptation to misinterpret and maybe it's even willfully misinterpret his ideas of neighborliness and kindness as a way of not holding people accountable. Yeah. And one of the like sort of technical ways that he was really good is that he knew how to be kind and also hold people incredibly accountable. And he was unique at that. And I think that that's a rare quality, but a really powerful one. I often think, even though it seems unrelated, that's one of the things that really great writers do. Like I think a lot about Toni Morrison mm. um, because she was able to write really terrible characters, but she understood their humanity without letting them off the hook. And I think yes. what Fred Rogers was talking about was something very similar. I view those two as being in the same category in that regard, that like to understand someone's humanity doesn't mean to not hold them accountable for their behavior. And Fred Rogers rarely, if ever talked about forgiveness, even though he was a Christian, he also never talked about God and he was a Christian and he was a pastor but and, and the show was indeed a ministry. Like, there's no oh, question yeah. about that. Yeah. But because he was ministering to the entire world, he had to deliver sermons that were um, legible to people that weren't Christians, to people that didn't were not of faith at all. And I think that's a lot of what guided how he talked about these concepts. But one concept he didn't really talk about a lot was this idea of forgiveness. And I think that that's—I've been thinking that that's probably because he was wise enough to know— that you can talk about kindness and you can talk about love and you can talk about focusing on people who have loved you and supported you and what it means to be good for those people. That's one thing. But if you start talking about forgiveness as a blanket concept, mm. then it's very easily co-opted for people to just kind of do terrible things and then be let off the hook. And that is a big part of how terrible things continue to happen. <laughs> and so I think there's a very narrow path that we, that we have to walk between recognizing someone's humanity and also living by moral standards. And I think that we're having a really hard time with that. And I think Fred Rogers had some way of, of talking about that. And so we're looking to explore that and uplift that so that people maybe have a more nuanced view of these ideas. Do you think Fred Rogers was aware of what he was doing? Like, I mean, one of the things you said a second ago was, you know, he was talking to the whole world or was he just talking to kids, which, of course, become our whole world and are in the world? Right. You know, right. yeah. I mean, how much do you think 
Because I, I think when people are truly kind, like it is, mm-hmm. you know, they don't always realize their impact uh, of their actions. Mm-hmm. They just know mm-hmm. to go out and do good actions, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think Fred Rogers thought about himself or, or his place in the world? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because we're, you know, we're speculating. We only have, you know, the records and what he said and what he wrote and what people who were close to him report that he told him. It seems to me that he was constantly willing to be surprised (laughs) by his impact on people. I just saw a clip this morning where he was inducted into some television Hall of Fame something or other. I forgot what it was. And he said, you know, fame is a four-letter word. And everyone laughed. And then he said, like, face or love or tape, meaning what happens really has everything to do with how we use it. And then he started talking about how people who work in television, and I think this extends to all media, you have a platform. That means you have a responsibility. Right. And how you use that responsibility is entirely up to you. So I think he was always aware of the power of his platform. And yet, like you said, his humility made it so that he never overestimated, or rarely it seemed to me, overestimated his impact. So when he got letters from, from people that were like, you know, I heard a clip the other day. We have a clip in, in, in episode seven, which we haven't released yet. But I'll give a little preview, which is that he got a letter from a woman who was suffering from postpartum depression. And she had a six-month-old child in the car with her. Mm. So I guess it must have been like, 18 months or something. And she forgot that he was in the car with her, her son. And she thought about driving directly head on into traffic and committing suicide. And she started swerving into head on traffic. And then from the back, she heard the child humming a song from Mr. Rogers. (laughs) And she remembered that he was in the car. And suddenly she had this moment of like, what am I doing? What is all this? And she wrote that letter to Mr. Rogers when the kid was like 14. And hearing Fred Rogers recount that, he, was, he still was shocked and amazed yeah. that his work had that level of impact. So I think that he was, I think he was, I don't think he was walking out there going like, I'm saving lives. I'm Fred Rogers. I'm so fucking cool. Sorry, I don't know what the person um, <laughs> you know, he I deserved he to was, do that, though, yeah, every once in a while. It would be fine. That. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he was doing that. I think that he really just was focused on trying to be a good person every day. Yeah. So I think trying to work every thinking of every day is like, what am I going to do today that is of meaning and of value? Forget what I did yesterday. And I think uh, having a sense of I'm not doing this for me to make myself feel good, to make myself look good. I'm doing it in service of someone or something else. I think that is what he really embodied. Well, that said, if we ever have a Fred Rogers Day, we should all wear shirts that say, I'm fucking Fred Rogers. (laughs) (laughs) Garbel, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, You know, thank you, of course, for all the years of advice that you have given many of us. And I am so excited about 
this podcast, and we will link everyone up to where they can get a hold of it. Obviously, where you download your podcast, you can get a hold of it. Wherever you find wherever you find your podcast. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for doing that podcast and pursuing that that line of thinking. That we need a lot more of that. So thank you so much. So happy to be here, and thank you guys so much for your work. Absolutely, thank you. Have a good one. Okay, take care. Bye. 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 I'm Renee Colbert. I'm Alexis Preston. And we're the hosts of the smash hit podcast, Can I Pet Your Dog? Now, Alexis. Yes. We got big news. Uh Uh-oh. Since last we did a promo, our dogs have become famous. World famous. World, like, stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Second big news. Mm -hmm. The reviews are in. Mm Mm-hmm. Take yourself to Apple Podcasts. You know what you're going to hear? We're happy. It's true. We're a delight. A great distraction from the world. I like that part a lot. So if that's what you guys are looking for, Mm -hmm. you got to check out our show. But what else can they expect? We've got dog tech, dog news, celebrities with their dogs, all dog things. All the dog things. So if that interests you, well, get yourself on over to Maximum Fun every Tuesday. Hey, cool shirt. Oh, this? Thanks. I got it at MaxFunStore.com. MaxFunStore.com. Hmm, that's strange. I visited MaxFunStore.com. MaxFunStore.com. A few weeks ago and didn't see it. That's because they've just launched a ton of new stuff. Right in time for the holidays. Oh, cool. There's patches, mugs, totes, stickers, even a onesie. Nice. Those would make great gifts for everyone I know. Great, because I already got you something from there. Thanks. Now, excuse me a moment. I need to look up MaxFunStore.com. MaxFunStore.com. On my smartphone. You know, to see what's new. Yeah, you can't go wrong with anything from MaxFunStore.com. MaxFunStore.com. That was fun. That was fun. I enjoy talking to Carvel. <laughs> Especially because he's got teens. <laughs> Everyone should go download Finding Fred, the amazing podcast that he is hosting about Fred Rogers. Eek! Fred Rogers makes me feel good. So does listening to a mom have a breakdown. Hi. I don't know if this is a rant or maybe kind of a genius, but, um, you know, I just, I'm sitting in the parking lot of the grocery store, and I'm just going to sit here in my car because I saw somebody who um, sit, like, I saw somebody park behind me to take my parking spot, which is fine, which is fine. But they saw that I had a toddler. They also saw me take snacks out of my bag and put them in a cup for my toddler. They saw, they saw that I had a toddler and that my toddler was upset. And they saw me putting the groceries away. And while I was putting my toddler into the car seat, this person honked at me, and it pissed me off so much. So I'm taking a moment before I completely lose my mind to just call you, and I'm just going to sit here and chill a minute, and they can choose to move to a different spot if they feel like it, or they could choose to be patient. It's up to them. Oh, they just drove away. So um, I don't know where this falls. But 
I just needed a minute and somebody to talk to about if you're going to park behind me to wait for my parking spot and see clearly that I have an upset toddler who's flying out because he has a snack, um, just don't honk at me because it's going to make me want to sit in the driver's seat and tell everybody about how much you kind of suck today. <laughs> Bye. Yes. You are yeah. a treasure. Yeah, you're a treasure. I I love this. I do too. We don't talk enough no, we don't. about the honking, yeah. the impatience with parents, yeah. trying to parent. Yep. You are damned if you are taking time to be present with your child to keep them calm in public mm-hmm. or just to help them navigate public, or you're damned if you are rushing, putting everyone else's need before the child. The existence of us with our children is the problem to other people sometimes. Oh, that's the problem. No matter, it's literally that we are here existing. Years of research prove that this is the problem. And there is, I hate, I mean, look, I've done it. I've been the waiter, but I always wave yeah. and acknowledge yeah. to a parent no who's problem, putting a no rush. I would yeah. prefer to wait for yeah. you. Yeah. I good job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When people are like, because I hate like that, uh, rush. Yeah, they're I put my kid in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I gotta get out. But yep. you know you still have like so much to do when you have a yeah. kid in your car. Yes. And I do There's not There's so many things to do. You gotta get songs possibly. You gotta make sure people are buckled and waters are where they should be and no one's spilling and like yeah. just uh, do you have the lovey with you? Did it fall? We are sometimes still using the potty chair yeah. with with Curtis when we get to the car. In the car. Because yes. yeah, in the car. Yes. And that takes time too like sometimes we have Ugh. to do that i mean there's i know i just had a flashback i forgot yeah all the years yes of ellis in the potty yes wouldn't use a potty anywhere right. but in the car yeah sometimes. and i was the parent taking him out of the pool yeah all the way to the parking lot yeah pottying yes. i come all the way back in oh everybody you're doing a good job yeah. and, and you you are doing you're doing an amazing job. job yeah yeah you use that phone. You use that Hang phone. Out. You use that parking yeah, space. Yeah, that's your parking space that right is, now. That is You're correct. using it right now. That's right. That person can certainly stand another lesson in patience. Yeah. Oh, parents, you're doing a great job. Yeah. What did we learn today? We learned that uh, we're going to start a new series called Biz and Teresa Yell About Days of the Week. <laughs> 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 Nothing productive. Just whining about days of the week. Uh, And that's okay, because sometimes we need to do that. Because it's just a reflection of how things are not how they once were. Yes. And it also plays into, like, again, what we've been talking about throughout the show, or I've been complaining about the show throughout the show, these myths that, like, I mean, there are truly things associated with each day of the week that are somehow supposed to make us feel great mm-hmm. or bad. Yeah. And that's... They're mostly about capitalism, oh! if you take it back, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, like, it's just another thing to remember that it's... We're not getting enough time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do Monday because I don't have enough self-care. <laughs> That's my new T-shirt. Speaking of T-shirts, we have got three new pieces of merch <laughs> online. 
Just head over to maxfunstore.com. You will find I Am A Self. That t-shirt now exists in the world. And it's really pretty. It's pretty. I like it. I like it, too. Uh, I already bought one. I did, too. I bought it the day that like they came out. I was like, I got to get out of there and buy it. Yes. We do buy our own merch. A sweatshirt. Yeah. A hoodie sweatshirt. We finally have a hoodie, guys. Yes. It's cold. It's black. And most it's perfect. perfect. Yeah. It's just a black hoodie that says one bad mother. That's and it right. It's great. It's perfect. And... I had forgotten about this, and I'm so glad. Because when I was on buying the shirt, I was like, oh, there's a bumper sticker that says, Honk if you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know why you need that sticker? Because you are doing it. You are doing it, You are doing it. We're all doing it. Whether you are getting your child into a car seat after grocery shopping, you're doing it. Yeah. Whether it's Sunday, first thing in the morning, and you've got a long day ahead of you, or in the evening when everybody's down and you've got three minutes to get some self-care crammed into your final Sunday moments, you're doing it. School, you're doing it. Work, you're doing it. Packing lunches, you're doing it. Opting for some sort of school lunch, you're doing it. I mean, like, stickers. I, yeah. There's so many, like, I saw a Tesla with, with a sticker window, sticker window. So and good. I thought, yeah. yes, yes, you're doing it. Everybody, you are in fact doing it. Yeah, yeah, sure. The holidays are coming. They're like right there, right behind the like shower curtain, like psycho style. They're just there, <laughs> ready to jump out and eat, eat, eat. happy holidays. They're coming, and we're gonna get through that. You're gonna do it. You're all doing a great job, <laughs> Teresa. You are doing a great job. Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.